The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is a great show. Have you suffered from a cancer scare, got a virus, and someone comes up to you and said, you know, you could have prevented this. You know, you caused it. Have you ever seen a relative get sick and you watched it? Come on. You could see it. They're going in that direction. And when they got sick, you thought, you know what? If I only had helped them, I could have prevented it. Can we prevent or do we cause our illnesses? It's a tricky territory. It's a slippery slope, my friends. If you've ever been worried about blaming yourself or having others blame for their illnesses, today's your day because we're going to discuss, do we cause our illnesses? There's all this stuff about prevention of illness. The theory is, if we are doing illness prevention, does that mean when it happens, did we cause it? You gotta, you gotta understand that. It's fascinating. You know, this morning I, I was telling the Facebook Live before I started the show. This morning I got up, and in the morning, I read some spiritual literature and then I do some hand exercises. Because around December, I had to have surgery on my left hand and then January, my right. And the hands are not right still. And today, I started to massage the scar tissue that's building up on the tendons again. And I felt this wave of depression as soon as I touched the tendon. And I went, wow, it's fascinating. It's as if there's sadness trapped in the tissue. And as soon as I stopped, the sadness went away. I mean, it was really depression. There was one thing to wake up with depression. Recently, I have, because I have two friends who are suffering from cancer, serious cancer. 
I found myself waking up with depression, trying to find out whose depression was it? Was it theirs, mine? And I've had cancer myself. And as I said, I wanted to know, I thought I screwed up. I thought I had cancer. It's very tricky. I've done medical intuitive readings for 35 years. Knowing someone's name and age over the phone, I describe a specific emotional situation in their life that aggravates their health, doesn't cause it, aggravates it. And then knowing only our name and age, their name and age over the phone, I describe their physical body. Head, eyes, ears, neck, thyroid, heart, breast, lungs, in the form of symptoms, every organ system looking for the presence of health or disease. And I educate people that every illness is always in part due to diet, genetics, the environment, and so on. But every illness has an emotional, intuitive component or what people call stress that contributes to it. You'd be surprised and either people hear me saying that they caused their illness or they come on the phone because they feel they've caused it or they're blaming themselves. Often enough, I have mothers call for their kids and they say, what did I do? Especially a kid who was born with something. Could I have eaten differently? Could I have slept more? We all know mothers who blame themselves for everything. And since the beginning of time, and then Freud made it worse, women have been blamed, mothers have been blamed for all levels of ill in all of our lives. Can one person be that powerful? Really now. So I look at the most obvious causes or contributing factors. Nicotine. Nicotine can cause, can cause cancer. They know that because they study people and then they add cigarettes. They study them over time in the future. It's called a prospective study. And a prospective study, you can interpret it as causing. So they follow people in the future. But cigarettes alone aren't one of the causes of cancer or lung cancer. And the reason why is because everybody who has lung cancer doesn't get, hasn't smoked. And in fact, they now have genetic testing that shows that there are some people who have this gene that even though their lungs look like they've smoked, they don't. So we can prevent ourselves from doing things that look like they could increase our risk of something. However, it doesn't cause it. I know some people who eat a lot, eat a lot, eat a lot, and live to 90. 
And then there were people who eat very little and die of heart disease. So I'm going to give you another bent on what causes illness or what is illness for. There used to be a song called War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I remember playing that song over and over again in the 70s. So illness, what is it good for? Actually, something. How can that be? Well, for one, infections in, immune, in our immune system help strengthen us. Viruses help build resilience in our immune system. And if we don't have them, we get weak immune systems. Loss, adversity, sadness, crying, fear helps build tolerance in our brain. When we have distress, when we have had loss, we build up resilience, tolerance, just like our immune system. Some of us don't do as well with that. And we are remedial. If we get stuck in that developmental step, bereavement can turn to depression. And that's a sign for our intuitive guidance system that we need help learning how to handle loss. But be, let's be very serious. Programmed loss whether it's a person or even in the cells in our body, occur from the very moment we are born. We start to lose cells so that we can see clearly, perceive clearly, and think clearly. And we have programmed cell loss in our brain and our body. And we also have programmed loss of people in our life so we can learn as well. So I often wondered, what about those people who obviously look like they're causing their illnesses? You take a principle and you extend it to its most absurd conclusion. The last thing I wanted to do was go into psychiatry because I just, it was too difficult. Suffice it to say, one of the first patients I saw as a medical student was a woman who had Munchausen's disease. She was a nurse, believe it or not, and she was injecting into an IV fecal matter. It would cause her to get septic and make her have to go into the hospital and get taken care of. And it makes caregivers get furious because it looks like she's causing an illness in its most adverse sense. So the nurses get angry, the doctors get angry, everybody gets very, very, very angry. The thing is, on face value, you can say this person's causing their illness. But if you take a step back, you can see that the whole behavior is sick. Who would ever want to do that? And the whole aspect of making one sick is so antithetical 
is so the opposite of what one does to want to survive. So nobody really wants to cause ourselves to get sick. It just isn't, doesn't make sense. And if it looks like somebody's doing that, that's a superficial examination of the accident scene. Just like when you see cars colliding, you're only seeing it from one viewpoint. You're not seeing the whole thing. Suffice it to say, when we have an emotion, it can turn and become physicalized in somewhere in our body. And physicalized areas in our body can change our neurotransmitters and influence our emotions. So what comes first, emotions or illness? Or does illness come first and affect our emotions? They happen at the same time. They happen simultaneously like a chicken and an egg. And in fact, Einstein, the epitome of what we think is intelligence, said E equals MC squared. And for shorthand, I say that that's emotion, E, is equivalent to matter or physical body accelerated, meaning movement. So emotions and health, intuition and health are one and the same. You simply can't cause anything. I was once working with someone I was training, and everybody's heard frequently the stories of the ridiculousness of my health because it's it's instructive, <laughs> you know? It teaches us, you know, what can happen to someone and how they, like a rubber band person, you can snap back. So everybody's heard about being run, being run over by a truck and a car and dying in an OR and La, 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 la. And so this guy says to me, you know, you could have prevented getting run over by that truck, you know. Oh, I was so angry. He understands. Ugh. I, 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 I turn myself into a pretzel like you do when you get sick or anybody does. How could I have prevented this? How could I have prevented my imposing suffering on my loved ones. How could I have saved the money? Blah, blah, blah. I looked both ways. I didn't see the truck. Or maybe if I'd taken a different route, or maybe if blah, 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 blah. You know, what is it they say about Monday morning quarterbacking is 2020 or whatever it is? I don't know what the phrase is, but you get what I'm saying. Everybody thinks they know better. Let me say it another way, shall I? I was reading today, and the doctor says, the rabbi says, illness isn't just the result of bad diet, emotions, tripping on a rug, a virus, bacteria. Illness is a function, has a function in our life. It's important for development, not just to help build resilience, but it has a spiritual developing function as well. Yes, health problems rewire our immune system, our brain, and our psyche for adversity and resilience. 
adaptability and tolerance. But as illness and suffering brings us closer to the divine. When we cry out in pain, it attaches us to a higher power or whatever ain't you. What do they say? um, Invention, necessity is the mother of invention. Attachment to divinity can be a result of health and illness. So you see, why could you blame yourself for something that's a natural function? Next time you go to the bathroom and you pee, you're like, are you going to blame yourself for peeing? I don't think so, especially if you hit the toilet bowl accurately. You want to think in terms of what can I learn from this? Blame is certainly not a function of it. I'm Dr. Marlies, and we're talking about do we cause our health problems? If you want to know more about today's show, you want to go to Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. But remember, Unity Online Radio is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and we're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 from USA and Canada. But you can join the show on your favorite podcast provider, all the time, or you can listen live every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Central Time, 4 to 5 p.m. Central Time or 5 p.m. East Coast Time. And where am I going to be next? If you want to take a seven-day, seven-day intuition training program, yes, I teach intuition so that you can learn the function of how intuition and illness Medical intuition and illness help us attach to empathy and divinity. Go to www.drmonalisa.com. We will go to Rose63 from Chicago. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi. How are you? So nice to talk to you. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Um, how, how can I, I be of help? Yeah, well, I have a cluster of symptoms, but the one I'm going to mention is that I pee all night. And I've done that for years, um, and I my blood sugar has never been over the normal limit. It's been at the top of the normal limit. I just wondered if you saw anything about that. Huh. You are 63. Yes. You know, Rose, you're a very happy person. You're usually always very happy, and you have a keen, sharp intellect. But it's very funny. I see somebody in a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense that we belong, are supported, and have a say. There are a variety of reasons why. Our muscle provides us muscle memory. In each area of our body, we can have literally muscle memory. 
I remember when I got the COVID vaccine, areas that I had injured in the past ached, ached, various muscles and bones ached that I had broken. And it was like, this is your life. And I remember lying in my bed with this aching of this muscle, the spasming of this muscle at night when you're getting up and peeing. And I realized, it's like, why is this hurting? I went, oh, oh, that was when I got hit by the car in 2018. I remember when I was lying just like this because I had memory in the muscle of exactly how I was lying in bed. And I would lie for Mm -hmm. hours like that. And when you told me this, I said, that lady has muscle memory in her bladder. Now, everybody thinks common things are common. We think, okay, the lady should just drink less water because it's physics. You know, that there's gravity and the more weight of the water, you know, camel, camel kidneys, that you should just drink less water. And that's a way of mediating it. Just like I was wearing wearing fluorescent clothing, and I still got hit by a car in 2018. (laughs) Sometimes, even if you drink less, you still get up and pee. So it still happens. You understand what I'm saying? So that doesn't necessarily work. I do understand. (laughs) I know you do. So a lot of people say, you could have prevented that, or you can prevent that, Just or they say it for people who are heavy. You know, you're causing that. Just eat less. Well, for someone who gains weight and I eat infinitesimally small, you want to have them come over here so you can give them a good poke in the knee. Because (laughs) a lot of people with that problem, they don't cause it. And ultimately, doing those things that they say are causing it, not doing them anymore, is not preventing the problem. So it ain't the water, is what I'm saying. And I'm I'm just, is that correct? You're you're drinking less, it's still happening, correct? Okay. Oh my God, I'm 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 surely dehydrated. Right, I know I you're drink. dying of thirst. Yeah. Okay, so yep. the second thing is that when there's a problem in a family, families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure, and then usually there's someone in the family who's the mother. Recently, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy reruns. Don't ask me. I don't know why. It's Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and Paranormal on Travel. I do not know why it's those two things, but the, clearly I'm still very upset about the para, whatever this thing is we're doing. We're all upset about this virus. So anyway, so I'm watching Grey's Anatomy when I'm not watching Paranormal on Travel Channel. Because okay. we can't travel, so we're going to watch Paranormal, right? So um, Meredith's baby is in the house screaming in the in the hospital and Bailey comes in and screams at her she says you know what can't have a baby in the hospital you know why you can't have a baby in the hospital because it keeps everybody up it makes everybody especially women women can't sleep if somebody's crying in pain especially a baby and a lot of women can't do that they can't sleep at night if someone's in pain their right brain is very intuitive it goes down to their adrenal gland when someone's in pain And their adrenal gland produces epinephrine. Yes, I'm coming back to your bladder. And the epinephrine (laughs) makes muscles spasm, spasm, including the bladder. (laughs) Okay. And so I submit to you that there's a problem with someone in your family that's suffering. 
and you're picking that up. That's suffering. Hold on. Someone who wait someone a minute, who's living. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, okay. so Meredith Gray tried to get somebody else to take care of the baby, and nobody could take care of this baby. It went from one person to the other, and she's still worried. So even though you think this person is being taken care of, you still are intuitively worried. And you carry that worry in your body. And you are 63. Blood is a second center. Money, love. But we also train our bladder when we're children. So who in your life are you worried about in the family that you want to nurture that has been or is in pain now? Um, well, there are two candidates. Uh, okay. My give me partner. The my give me, well, a, give me the winner and the yeah. partner up. Yeah, my the winner would be my partner. Okay. Um, Wait a my, minute. My older. Yep. Why are they suffering? I don't know that he's suffering. I already know why he's suffering. Just put it in plain okay. English. Okay. Okay. Why is he suffering? He's suffering because he's got his blinders on, and so. Okay, but tell me. Okay, forget any... about the blind. Wait a minute now. He has his yeah. blinders on so you can see. Okay. You see it, but he's got his blinders on. Okay. Thus, you're okay. spazzering. The reason why it's your partner is second center is bladder. It had to be your partner. Okay. 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 Either that or your vagina would be spasming. Okay. <laughs> but we okay. were talking about that on Unity Online Radio. So, why why are you seeing what his blinders can't are preventing him from seeing? What is it? Uh, well, I see childhood wounds. Listen, how old is he? He just turned sixty. How is his health? Well, it's, it's borderline, which is why I wor- what are you worried about? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you worried yeah, about yeah. with his health? Spit it out, spit it out. What I worry about is his are his habits that he could he could do things that would reverse his diabetes or help his Okay, so why didn't you just say why didn't you just say diabetes? Diabetes and what else? There's something else. Yeah. Um chronic insomnia, I guess. Okay, insomnia. So you can't pee and he fall he can't he can't get to sleep. And what Well he I... gets to sleep but then he doesn't, you know. Right, okay. How much does he weigh? Oh, God. Um, maybe 180, maybe. How tall is he? I want you to uh, hold on. I'm gonna, it's like pulling teeth. I want you to hold on. When we come back, we're going to okay. talk about the solutions to do we cause our health problems. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. 
Hi, this is, we're talking today about do we cause our illnesses? Today's show has been discussing how do we handle people who say we're causing our illnesses? How do we handle the whole issue of, of illness prevention? How do we handle someone in our life who seems to have blinders on? We're going back to Rose. Are you there, Rose? I am. I am here. You say you have frequent urination at night. I said that it had nothing to do with how much you drank. Right. You have, I talked to you about having someone in your life who was in pain, who you were right. intuitively connected to. And then I talked about Gray's anatomy and how it was like having a baby crying. Okay? Yeah. You, you indicated that it could be your significant other. You indicated mm-hmm. that he had diabetes. What do okay. diabetes people do that's a sign of diabetes? I would love to sing the theme song for Jeopardy. (laughs) We will get in trouble here. And no, they're not asking me to be a guest host. What do diabetics do as a sign? First of all, what do people do? It's a symptom that they have diabetes. What is it? Well, they pee frequently. That's it. They urinate frequently. And what is your symptom that you're having? I urinate frequently. That's it. Give this woman a can a canned basket. That's it. <laughs> so you're clearly nobody gets the canned ham basket issue. I don't understand. That's what we do in Rhode Island. You give them a canned ham. It's like a fruit cake at Christmas. People hate them, and they kind of use them as footballs <laughs> to fling. That's it. So you're carrying his problem. Frequent urination plus okay. bladder is about second center. And it's irritation. This is the key. You say with somewhat love, concern, devotion, but annoyance that he yes. has blinders on. Yep. So this show is about causing one's illness. But there's also all this stuff about illness prevention, right? Now, I have a lot of health problems. Suffice it to say, if I showed up at the surgeon, the breast cancer doctor, or the Mayo Clinic doctor for all the nerves that are paralyzed in my GI tract, if I arrived and out of my purse fell out a package of Marlboro cigarettes <laughs> and a flask of whiskey, <laughs> that would be my relatives. I have to do everything I can possibly to reduce the risk of my genetics, okay, my injury, that yes. we are not the cause of our illnesses, but we are responsive to them. Right. I know somebody who has cancer. I go over there to visit. He is not there. But, of course, there's a half-smoked cigar. <laughs> okay. So I leave a note. Next to the cigar that says, I was here, finding out how you're doing. (laughs) As if to say, I know you're smoking cigars. Right. So, but you understand there are a lot of people who smoke cigars that don't get cancer. And there are Mm -hmm. a lot of other reasons I know on why this is happening with him. And blaming him is not going to help his natural killer cells that have a lot of cortisol and stress. And they're not working, contain his cancer. He doesn't have, need me shrieking on him, though I want to. 
Do you know what I mean? I wanted to uh, yeah. throw water on every cigar, but he would just go and get more. It's yeah. ineffective. Your husband has diabetes, and you think he has blinders on. Does he know he has diabetes? Does he use shots? Uh, he, he's on a pill. On a pill. My point is, is that you have to stop being his mother. Does he snore? If he snores, you have to let him know that he needs to do CPAP or do something for his snoring. That, because that can increase your chance toward dementia and affect your sleeping. Are you following me? That it may be waking he, you up. Yeah, he does have a CPAP. And we actually don't sleep together because we can't sleep. I mean, we do other things together. So but it we is don't like Meredith Gray. She, her baby's somewhere else in the hospital, but even yes, then, yes. She, cannot, she cannot focus because she can hear her baby exactly. crying. So that's okay. exactly what I said. It doesn't matter. Okay. I want you to go to someone who knows 12-step for codependence because you have to know the person who has blinders on is you <laughs> because your husband's health is between him and his higher power. Get out of the way. And though this is painful, I know you love him. It's easier said than done. If he's obese and heavy and does addictive behaviors, you trying to intervene, he has dependency. You have co-dependency. Need somebody helping you. Do you understand? Go to Absolutely. Somebody, I, go I will to, do that. Go I, somebody, I love Coda. Yeah. I'd go to somebody I do go to. Who, who's a urologist. And have them do urodynamics with you and find out if there's another okay. reason. And if not, urodynamics. Have, urodynamics. And if not, have them suggest someone who can do some kind of mindfulness retraining for you. As well as okay. go to an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist and have them treat this area once all those other people have cleared you. Okay? Okay. Thank you He's so much. He's a nice man, but. He doesn't have blinders. He's aware. Okay. How can you not be aware if you're on a CPAP machine? <laughs> Very yeah. aware. I think. Do I have diabetes? A, I can't give you a diagnosis over the phone. No, I think no, you what can't. What bothers you? I think you would know if you had diabetes because you don't have blinders on. I think. I think he's not aware of how much you're upset. Okay. I think he knows you're angry, but I don't yeah. think he knows how grief-stricken you are about feeling that you're going to lose him. Wow. I think he's aware that he could die. Yeah. I think he thinks he just has diabetes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean can I give you an example? Mm -hmm. Sure. I think people don't understand the difference between illness, aging, and death. Amongst all the trucks and the cars and all that riffraff <laughs> and the breast cancer, they did have a surgery in 2012 where I died in the first 10 minutes. And if you watch Grey's Anatomy, you see a lot of those kind of things happening. And they kept me alive in the ICU while I stabilized. They do that to a lot of patients. I'm horrified to see that. And frequently they die. I lived. So after all of these things and having trouble stabilizing on Coumadin, a friend of mine 
told me he remembers five years ago me saying to him that one of these days I'm not going to come back from one of these things and I just won't be here. And he said I said it to him in a matter-of-fact voice, not tragic. And that's not blinders and that's not denial. That's somebody who's experienced. Your husband has blinders, not that he has diabetes, not of his illness behaviors, but that he could die of them. And he's also got blinders on how it affects your heart and how he thinks you're angry, but he doesn't understand that that's really grief, that you're pre-grieving him in his imminent demise. That affects him. And the person who's going to teach you cognitive behavioral therapy is going to help you with a skillful way of communicating that to him, not to make him feel guilty, but to make him realize how much you love him. Because remember now, the only way to get to the earth is a two-way ticket. <laughs> you get here and you got to leave. Do you understand? It's not a failure to die. Do you understand? I think so. He's not dying. But when somebody gets a health problem and looks like they're doing things that are contributory, it's right. a delicate thing. I'm f trying to figure out how to help a person lower the risk of pre-dying when they don't have to. Right. How to suggest that. It's not easy. I've done it for 35 years. Especially when you've got intuition. Because it's a curse. You watch someone, and if they die sooner than they need to, it seems, at least it seems, you blame yourself. You feel guilty. You feel you caused it. If only you had screamed louder. If only you could have gotten those blinders off. If only woulda, coulda, shoulda. And many people think that they caused it. If only I could have said something. Do you get it? That's what's happening to you. Literally, mothers don't go to sleep if they have a preemie or a kid. Or even if they're worried that the kid will have rest. Um, what is that thing where the kid just doesn't wake up? I don't know. Anyway, my, um, my point is that you're so worried about your husband's health that like a baby crying, any little thing is waking you up. And I don't know how much of it is urine or that you're not really getting a deep sleep. Do you get it? Yeah, I'm not getting deep sleep. That's it. That's why I want you to go to a urologist and get urodynamics. And then, if not, I want you to go to a sleep specialist. Got it? Okay. Good okay. Luck. You're a precious thing. Your husband is actually a very sweet thing. Oh, uh, thank you so high much. Ceiling of quality here. That one's quality. Don't punt him. Oh, Good luck. You take it thank easy, okay? You. No, don't thank you. The truth. You take it easy.
We will go to Betsy, line two. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Uh, first, can you hear me clearly, Mona Lisa? The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plains. Yes. The answer is affirmative. <laughs> yes. I, I have a cadre of symptoms which presented first, uh, which which became aggravated on April 5th. Okay, wait are. a second. Wait a minute. Let me just describe. First thing I see is you have a hard time. Oh. Uh, there are a variety of things that can happen in our body that cause our white cells to lice. Infection, immune, allergy, autoimmune, whatever it is, the white cell sees what upsets it and tries to eliminate it. And when it does, it lyses and it releases inflammation, inflammatory mediators. And that goes to our brain and causes us to be foggy. But some of those inflammatory mediators can make our skin red. They can make it itch. They can make us sleepy. Can make us feel like we have a low-grade fever, drowsy, problems with initiation, motivation, problems focus, attention, and memory. I see literally you're living in a bed of nails. There's someone near you. Pick, 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 pick. Pick, 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 pick. It being around them is very painful. They're just got a chip on their shoulder. They're very unhappy. And it's depression. But it comes out as angry. And this having compassion for them is very difficult. But living around them affects your health. Who is this person? I, I live alone. I have an ex-husband who is slated to return here to uh, live in my extra room. Wait come a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to know Did my symptoms? Say, no, I don't want to know your symptoms. Right. I already know that you have an immune system problem that releases inflammatory mediators. Your problems are first center. This has to do with home, that you don't feel safe and secure, or your immune system feels impending doom, that it will soon not feel safe and secure, that your home will be invaded like an infection or something that you're allergic to. And you tell me, that someone who is an ex-husband who you are divorced for from, and divorce means separate, separation, right? Like right. a tumor has been excised from one's body. You don't return the tumor. What, how long have you been divorced? Since 2007. So that means... What? 14 years? You've been divorced? Okay. So do you understand that if you were in Australia and you threw a boomerang 14 years ago and you walk outside and it hits you right beside your head, you're like, that's a hell of a boomerang. 
Why yep. is he coming back to live in your room? This happens from time to time. While we didn't get along while married, we find we have a decent friendship relationship when he's not here. So your, body, your, body does not, your body does not agree. Agreed. Well, you're no, right. No, agree. no, no. But I'm telling you why it's worse now. Because he's bringing something with him. He's going and coming, going and coming. Right. And there's a reason why he doesn't stay. Because something makes him leave because that's the reason why you got a divorce. Well, one of these days, he's going to stay because he can't leave. And you're going to be stuck. Okay. So these symptoms, though, Mona Lisa, you're correct. So the body pain, the cognitive confusion, the memory loss, the freezing cold body alternating with warmth, literally every 60 seconds. So you're going to go, you're going to go to your internal medicine doctor and they're going to order your labs. So I'm looking at all of them. I took myself to the Cleveland Clinic yesterday and I'm looking at all my blood work, which I ordered myself. I said what I wanted. Good. And what does it show? With the exception of two lows and two highs, so far everything so far everything is within the normal range. What are the two high things? I'm looking. I'm going to tell you. Uh, B12 way too okay. high, and that's, that's probably because okay. I that take makes too sense. much. That can increase your risk for osteoporosis. So stop that. Keep going. What Shit. else? I have osteoporosis. The of other. Of course. There you go. The uh, the the the. Oh, here I have a high CO2. I didn't even see this one. Oh, do you and want a low anion gap? Anion gap, because you're holding your and breath. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just warning you. I'm not. I'm making fun of that. No, the, I hear the, you. the doctor's not concerned about it. All I'm saying is if you hold your breath, you're not breathing out enough carbon dioxide, but I doubt that that's happening. My point is I'm just making fun of you. I'm glad no, you I know you are about that B12. <laughs> However... Do you understand what I'm saying? I do understand what you're, what you're saying. So Let in other words, if you that... went in your house, if you got a person to go in your house and go, oh, my God, you have a nice infestation of mites here. You get rid of all these mites and you won't have these symptoms anymore. You get rid of the mites and the symptoms aren't there. How long has it been since you've had these symptoms? They became aggravated on April 5th when it started with eczema on my neck. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When did you find out he was coming back? Uh, uh, January. Uh, he, he decides, you know, it's too hot here. I'm going to come back for a wait few a months. And I wait say, no, you cannot. So then you just, you say no. And then we, we table it. And then we don't, we don't pick it up anymore. What do you mean he decides? Like I decide I want to be five foot eight. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. No, you, don't you, do, you do, do the therapy. Understand. Don't no, I do understand. Don't do that therapy thing. I hear you say. I'm I sorry, no, I didn't say. mean that. I didn't mean I that. My point is, is the eczema is another word for eczema is atopic dermatitis. It means That's you're allergic her. to something. Yes, only around yes. my anal cavity. That's yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Do you really want to go into details about that? Do you? No, really? I want you to because this is driving me freaking crazy. Yes, I understand. I'm not going to go into what is painful in your anal cavity. 
Oh, I understand. Your husband's visiting. <laughs> All I'm going to say to you is kindly that fifth center has to do, that's the neck, having voice and having a say. And when you say, my hus- ex-husband calls me of 14 years and says, I think I'll drop by now. That's is insane. Do you understand? Yes, and you understand that I have no one in my life, including family. I just wanted to say that. Are you saying to me, Mona Lisa, are you wait saying minute, wait, to minute, me, wait a minute. I'm worried about Alzheimer's and dementia. That's no, wait, how wait, bad wait, it is. You already went to the Cleveland Clinic. Go to a neurologist and have them check it. But you know what? What you're telling me say is, you're telling me that your ex-husband, who annoys you and releases cortisol, which can shrink your hippocampus and cause inflammatory mediators in your brain that can increase your risk of Alzheimer's disease, you want to be with him, then learn skills on meeting other people. Okay. Do you understand? Yes, I do, and I'm 66 years old, but yes, I do understand. No, 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 no. You think that you're over the hill? Do you know how old I am? You're younger than I am, Arnold. By how much? I don't know, maybe you're 59, 60. I mean, I don't know. Six years, oh my God, let me call CNN. My point is a lot of people who are listening right now, hint, have no family, are not married, and don't have children. I don't know one person like that except myself. I'm just saying. You know what? You need to visit more people because there are a lot of them. And you know what they do? They get prosthetic families. That's what I do. But <sighs> Do you understand okay. that you increase your risk for dementia if you move your ex-husband in intermittently, if he annoys you. Okay, well, that's clear as day, so I cannot allow him. I'm saying, to, I'm asking you, though, and with, with respect to what you see, I have been limited in my ability to work because of this mental confusion. Can I, could I expect that if he doesn't move in here, that these symptoms will eventually abate? Go to a neurologist. And that's them for a neuropsychological assessment for attention, learning, and memory. And that will help you find out why you have problems with focus, attention, and memory. And they will also give you remediation on how to help you maintain better learning things, learning uh, abilities. And then I would have somebody give you some supplements, talk to your doctor first, that influence the immune system, serotonin, and GABA. They will settle you down. But I would also go to someone who knows DBT that can teach you how to handle social anxiety that, if it, that gums up your attention, focus, and cognition. Because I bet you 
you've had problems with social anxiety your whole life and that you needed a husband to be hamburger helper socially for you. This isn't new. This has been going on all your life. No, it's not new. And so therefore, as you are aging, it's become more apparent because you feel more fragile. Do you understand? You are a very wonderful person, and you can have a keen, sharp intellect. You can get the skills. I'm just curious. How did you get to Cleveland Clinic? I live in Cleveland. Ah! <laughs> no, but wait a minute. Did oh, you drive oh. or you take a cab? Yeah, I took, no, I, I know. <laughs> I drive myself, of course. You drove, you drove yourself? Of course. Even though I felt like I was di- I literally feel like I'm dying. That's how I feel. Even as I'm talking to you, I'm sweating and then I'm freezing and then I'm hot and then I'm cold. And it's not hormonal, obviously. Were they worried when they saw the tests? I just li- I'm looking at them on my chart now. No, no one has called you. me. The do- oh. they, when they call you, ask oh. them how you they think you they can help you. Ask them. Okay. So I want you once they give you that information, get an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist and ask an integrative doctor how to get serotonin and something like GABA to help you. Okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. You take it easy. Okay. I want to thank you for welcoming to your day. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.